0: Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. This is a passage from the New Testament, the second letter of Peter, chapter 1, verse 2. May grace and peace be lavished on you as you grow in knowledge of God and of Jesus, our way-shower. I've been thinking a lot recently about how I personally and we communally have navigated this past year and the disruptions to our lives caused by the pandemic and the word grace showed up in my consciousness. I've been pondering how well I've done at living gracefully over this past year and what a path of graceful living could perhaps more fully look like as I and we move forward together. So I wanted to share some thoughts today on divine grace. and I'd like to begin by offering you two optional prayers for beginning your day and our time together, and you get to choose which one you use. So here's option number one. Dear God, so far today I've done all right. I've not gossiped at all today. I have not lost my temper, been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. And I'm thankful for that but I'm going to get out of bed in a moment and I'm really going to need some help after that. Amen. So here's option number two. This is my recommendation, which rather than a prayer of supplication is a grounding or resting in a consciousness with that of God within God beyond all names, which we might also call spirit source love that is always present and active in every aspect of our lives, whether or not we choose to connect with it. There's a simple passage in A Course in Miracles that reads, all that is asked of you is to make room for truth. And so I'm going to share an invitation and several declarations of truth from Unity co-founder Myrtle Fillmore from her healing letters and a passage from Psalm 1 as a way of anchoring our heart minds in oneness as we explore the divine idea of grace. So let's take a deep breath and drop into stillness into our hearts, into our center, which is God. And making room for truth, we begin with the words of Myrtle Fillmore. Be still. Be still. Be still. And know that God in the midst of you is love. God in the midst of you is wisdom. God in the midst of you is substance. God in the midst of you is a steady stream of renewing and cleansing and revitalizing life. Mighty to quicken, to cleanse, to heal, to restore, to wholeness, to prosper. God in the midst of you is what frees. God in the midst of you is a tower of strength and safety. You are filled with the tireless energy of Christ in you. I know, wrote Myrtle, that it is God in the midst of you doing a perfect work that is responsible for all good. With God, all things are possible. And this passage from Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on this law day and night. That one is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in due season. And whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, prospers. And so let's bring these words of Myrtle and the psalmist together with an affirmation All that God is, I am. Let's affirm that together. All that God is, I am. When Myrtle speaks of God in the midst of you, she was referring to that of God within, both individually and communally. And the psalmist speaking of a stream of water is referring to the one perfect life flowing through us, or grace, the one pure substance, the power that empowers, the strength that strengthens, the wisdom that informs the reality of us. And so, if you remember nothing else from this lesson, live into this affirmation as your homework. All that God is. I am. So let's dive in. I want to cover three points today. I want to explore the metaphysics of grace. Number two, how do we awaken to anchor in and cooperate with grace? And what could a graceful life look like for us individually and communally? So what is grace? Grace is defined by Merriam-Webster as unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. I was raised in a faith tradition that taught that we had to earn God's grace by adhering to certain rules and behaviors. Grace was almost like earning points with God. Enough points could ultimately get you into heaven. You could also forfeit God's grace by disregarding those rules or behaving in sinful ways. In our Zooming segment earlier, Ms. Wolfe spoke about prevenient grace or divine grace that precedes human decision. I had to look that one up. That wasn't in my Catholic catechism. In unity, divine assistance is not something handed out by God, a divine being that judges us worthy or not. Grace is what we freely give to ourselves and others based on the divine idea of benevolence, one presence and one power, active in the universe and in my life, our life as community, God the good, omnipotence. Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore described grace as goodwill, favor, a disposition to show mercy. Fillmore describes favor metaphysically as good realized through faithful obedience, a blessing that comes to us through obedience to spirit. And he understood obedience metaphysically as the orderly unfoldment of mind and body that results from meditation and prayer. Grace, God's favor, and obedience. From a new thought perspective rather than a traditional Christian perspective, we experience God's grace or good. When we are in alignment with that of God within, grace is God's love in action. With grace, there is no limit, only possibility, only potential. We can use words such as mercy, forgiveness, compassion, goodwill, kindness, inspiration, and generosity to describe God's grace, but they are hardly adequate to cover the fullness of its meaning. Grace is fulfillment. And grace does not bring partial success or partial happiness, nor does it demand of us that which we cannot fulfill. Grace brings a task to us, but with it, grace brings the understanding, the strength, and the wisdom to perform it. And grace brings whatever is necessary for its fulfillment. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 28, Jesus said, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet not even Solomon in all his glory is arrayed like one of these. They are clothed with grace, sustained by grace, the goodness of God flowing in, through, and as. This is the principle of benevolence in action. This divine benevolence cannot be earned by any action on our part. Nor is it more or less available to some more than others. Grace is the pure, unconditional love and benevolence of God, which is perpetually operative and perpetually expressive toward all humankind. So within us is this almightiness, that of God, that we must cooperate with. We must prove our faith in God as omnipresent good and eternal life. Unity co-founder Charles Filmer once again reminds us that we should understand that we are not separate or insignificant, but the vital, important, integral parts of a mighty whole. He goes on to remind us that we have these intellectual concepts of the truth, but those, those must become concrete in our lives to be worked out. Otherwise, they are just theory. There is a great difference between our having within us an idea of the indwelling Christ, Versus the realization of that Christ, present and active, and then living into and through that illuminated awareness. But please note that Myrtle and Charles Fillmore did not receive the power of revelation. They received the degree of revelation they were able to receive, and we are no different. It's important to be aware that certain states of human consciousness can become blocks to the fullest realization and experience of grace. And so some of your homework will be to learn how to consciously cooperate with the activity of grace, which is always ready to remove any blocks. This is where spiritual discernment comes in. At what vibration are we operating? Not just when we are settled in prayer and meditation, but also when we are driving on I-66 or whatever the drama du jour might be. There's a short story entitled The Forbidden Bakery that speaks to this, goes like this. After starting a new diet, I altered my drive to work to avoid passing my favorite bakery. I accidentally drove by the bakery this morning and as I approached, there in the window were a host of goodies. I felt this was no accident, so I prayed. Lord, if it's up to you, if you want me to have any of those delicious treats, create a parking space for me directly in front of the bakery." And sure enough, God answered the prayer on the eighth time around the block. There it was, a parking spot. Well, perhaps this isn't the best example of graceful living. That said, grace is the logical result of the correct acceptance of life and a correct relationship with spirit. Or being in harmony with the divine, living in, operating from, an awareness of God in the midst of you and through which her highest and best is revealed. So how do we cooperate, awaken and cooperate with grace? I found myself humming the song Amazing Grace, trying to make sense of it from a unity or new thought perspective. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Now, I don't don't consider myself to be wretched, but there have been and are moments in my life when I slip out of awareness of the truth of my being, when I'm not consciously connected to source. And in those moments, it's all too easy for me to settle into the land or consciousness of not enough. There does seem to be a wretchedness or fear or hopelessness in my life when I forget to remember God all good, everywhere present and active, beginning right within. We are saved by grace only to the extent that we believe in, accept, and seek to embody the principle of benevolence, this divine goodness. So how do we stay connected with grace? Reminder from Psalm 1, those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on this law day and night. We stay connected by having a spiritual practice of prayer and meditation. And it could be as simple as dropping into stillness throughout the day and affirming our oneness with the one. All that God is, I am. Or I give my life to God to guide today. Or into God's presence, I enter now. Or I am at home, fear is the stranger here. Or whatever it might be. An affirmation as simple as that connects us with that inner stream, the flow of grace. And while I can't say that the spiritual practice guarantees that I'll be the best version of myself all day, it absolutely keeps me from being the worst version of myself. I might have negative thoughts or feelings, but the chance of my acting on them are drastically reduced when I'm centered in truth. So let's talk about living gracefully. Eric Butterworth describes grace as the natural flow of the creative process in the individual or the upward-forward pull of the universe toward our highest good. Charles Fillmore writes, we must realize the perfect universe if we wish to embody the greatest good. The truth is indivisible and whole. God is complete and perfect, and a perfect cause must produce a perfect effect. We all face things that seem difficult to overcome, problems, pains, frustrations, people. Sometimes it looks like we are being overridden by that which appears to be out of our control. Grace gives you the ability to either override or to work through adverse circumstances in your life. Consider the law of gravity for a moment, which holds us down, and the law of aerodynamics, which lifts us up. The law of aerodynamics doesn't cancel out the law of gravity, but it does override it so that we can fly in a plane, even though the law of gravity is still working. I attended a virtual Quaker spiritual discernment workshop a few months ago in which we were introduced to several Quaker spiritual practices for connecting with the inner light. One of the practices involved identifying a yes or no question that was on our hearts and working through all of the pros and cons, and then taking the question into the silence and sitting with it to see if there was any spiritual realization or illumination around it. My question at that time, in light of this new experience of church that we are all having, was is there a way forward for me in this brave new experience of church i explored the pros and cons and then released the question resting in the silence and in my center which is god the answer to that question was yes with gentleness openness and humility i didn't ask for details but i was presented with a grace-filled way forward and assurance was given of the presence of grace, of God's favor. The path of graceful living for me in ministry was and is one of gentleness, openness, and humility. A gentleness toward self and others as we figure this out together. An openness to what is and what could be. And a humility knowing that it's all already blessed and fulfilled in divine mind because it's all God, it's all good. And what I've discovered is that from my center, which is God, there is a lightness, a peacefulness, a gentleness, an expansiveness. There is no shortage of God, of love, of good, of divine substance or divine ideas. In God, there is always a way forward. And it is always good. And as I anchor in stillness, I move forward with grace and ease. I move forward as an active contemplative. Contemplation being where God is no longer just an idea, but the heartbeat of life itself. In her book, How to Lead When You Don't Know Where You're Going, Leading in a Liminal Season, author Susan Beaumont writes about her current experience with pandemic of living in liminal space. She describes liminal space between the old and the new, when the old has disintegrated and the new has not yet come forward. Our human will has a bias toward returning to the old or rushing to the new, profoundly uncomfortable in this in-between or liminal space, yet the liminal space provides the holding environment for gestation. Waiting in the liminal space provides room for discernment and deepening. There has been a meme circulating since early on in the pandemic that goes like this, nothing should go back to normal. Normal wasn't working. If we go back to the way things were, we have lost the lesson. May we rise up and do better. Just because we have experienced disruption in our lives, individually and communally, that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit has stopped working. How can we listen for what Spirit is up to now? And so as we move through the challenges du jour, let's not settle there, but rather settle in the land or consciousness of I am in the land of opportunity. This path of graceful living is an active contemplative path, a path of knowing and then allowing a path on which our doing is grounded in our beingness in a sense of our oneness with allness. If there is ever within me a sense of being apart from allness, goodness, Godness, that's an invitation for me to recenter, to realign with allness at the center of my being. And so despite illusions of disruption in the world, I am choosing to believe that our consciousness has now reached a degree of enlightenment that is ready to grasp the concept of grace, which is the law's fulfillment. If we will enter into the study of grace with as much diligence as we have the study of the law, seeking to cooperate with it in every way, we will take a quantum leap in our spiritual journey toward Christ's consciousness and help bring into manifestation the kingdom of heaven which Jesus promised was at hand. I'd like to end with a poem entitled I Vote for You, for God by 14th century Persian poet Hafiz. And it goes like this. When your eyes have found the strength to constantly speak to the world all that is most dear to your own life, when your hands, feet, and tongue can perform in that rare unison that comforts this longing earth with the knowledge of your soul. Your soul has been groomed in his city of love. And when you can make others laugh with jokes that belittle no one and your words always unite, Hafiz does vote for you. Hafiz will vote for you to be the minister of every country in the universe. Hafiz does vote for you, my dear. I vote for you to be God. And so join me in affirming, friends. All that God is, I am. Together, all that God is, I am. And with gentleness and compassion for self and all, breathe into that graceful state of knowing and allowing. Less efforting and more allowing God to be through you. God omnibenevolence, expressing in every aspect of every life that says yes. You are already in the divine flow of grace, and you can't not be. It's all that truly is. All that's needed is aligning with it every moment of every day. And so may you live more fully into that experience with each breath. And that's your homework this week. Try it on for a week. And if not for a week, try it on for a day. And if not for a day, try it on for an hour. And if not for an hour, how about for a moment? And why not this moment? Yes? Yes. Be still. Be still. Be still and know and allow your doing to flow from that sense of your beingness. There's a passage from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in good works. Grace and peace to your friends. I behold the Christ you are. I vote for you. For God. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.